Hi listeners, it's Dave from Not For The Dinner Table and welcome along to episode 30. We're doing things slightly differently this episode. We've collaborated with good friend of the show and wickedly talented Charlie Conlon, who hosts the Knowing My Nightmares podcast. In today's episode, we will be sharing two of our personal nightmares with Charlie, who will then explore the possible meanings behind them and what might be happening in our waking life that's causing our subconscious to have such weird nightmares. Things do take a bit of a supernatural and paranormal turn as well, which we did not see coming. If you like Not For The Dinner Table, then I am sure that you will love Charlie Conlon's Knowing My Nightmares podcast. He mixes eerie audio drama of the nightmare itself with analysis of the meanings behind his nightmare. It's absolutely brilliant and we can't recommend it enough. So once you've finished listening to this episode of Not For The Dinner Table, head over to your podcatcher of choice and download an episode of Knowing My Nightmares. You won't be disappointed. So without further ado, here is episode 30, Not For The Dinner Table Nightmares. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to Knowing My Nightmares Dinner Table. Dinner table. Woohoo! Wow. Welcome, Charlie. Crazy. <laughs> hey, thank you. And welcome to uh, Knowing My Nightmares as well. Yeah, yeah, we're really, really excited to be here. I can't believe that we're finally getting together to talk about nightmares. It's very exciting. Yes. Oh, yes. Everybody has them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We've been listening um, to your so, show for yeah. ages and we so, absolutely love it. Yeah, and you as well. Um, I, I I love your show, and I love that you guys go to these really creepy places on your own time, <laughs> and kind of like, like you know, like you do your podcast, but you also live it. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah, we do love it. Um, well, it's interesting too because there was an episode, Sophie, where I think you went to like a castle, yeah, or something like that, and I you while you guys were talking about it, I looked it up. And there's some really, I don't remember what castle it was. It was like the first episode or something, or Goodrich first or second castle, episode. Oh, uh, St. Breville's. St. Breville's Castle or Goodrich Castle. Maybe, yeah. And I looked yeah. it up on YouTube and there was like people doing tours and there was like ghosts in the videos yeah, yeah. of these that's, people doing tours. And I was like, St. Breville's Castle. Yeah. Amazing. So, yeah, we it's love very that. creepy. Yeah. So today, um, it's going to be an interesting episode because we're going to hear uh, your nightmares and yeah. I'm going to analyze them. Yes, yeah. you are. I'm excited. I'm yeah. nervous all at we... the same time for that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I wanted to say that, um, like, just as a note, uh, I, I kind of told you guys this before, but um, nothing that I'm saying is suggesting anything about your lives. That, and I wanted to say that Dream analysis is a lot like fortune telling where yeah. you can kind of take it or leave it or, and it's interesting too, because you can be like, when you go to a fortune teller and they're like, well, it says the here on your hand that uh, you're in a bad relationship and you kind of think and you go, I, I guess I'm in a bad relationship. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's right. You know, just because you're looking for it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of like dream analysis is where like, if you're looking for it, you'll find it, but it kind of means whatever it means to you so yeah. it's like it, within your own context of your waking life you can probably kind of fit the pieces of what your subconscious is trying to tell you on the images that your dream is projecting we do sort of every now and again do episodes around things to do with sort of witchcraft fortune yeah. telling and and things like that so it's this is just right yeah. up our we've not done fortune alley. telling actually no. yet have we we should do fortune we telling. talked about runes a bit didn't we yeah a little yeah. bit yeah basically i'll have you guys will read off your dreams and we'll mm -hmm. just kind of go through we'll do dave's nightmare and then we'll go through the analysis and then we'll kind of talk about it and all the ooky spooky stuff um, just a quick, like, I don't know, history lesson, I guess. Yeah. But when you have dreams, they are projections by your subconscious during your REM sleep. Mm -hmm. And usually they're information from your past or from the day or days prior to you dreaming. And they're like, your brain is processing all the information throughout that week 
or throughout time and kind of like breaking it down for you in like metaphors through your dreams. And then through those, you can kind of understand what problems you may need to address based on what your brain is secretly trying to tell you. Right. So, yeah. But also, they're very scary and they're kind of like personal horror stories. So they're fun. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) They are. Yes, yes. I don't enjoy the part when I wake up and then I'm just absolutely terrified oh. and I can't look anywhere. And I'm just like, no, just go back to sleep. Go back to sleep. Uh, close your eyes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And based on your, based on the nightmare you sent me, there's definitely something interesting that I'd like to talk about. So why don't you talk okay. about your dream a little bit and then we'll get into it. Okie doke. So uh, my dream um is one that I've had on a few occasions, but this is one that it's it's really sort of stuck with me quite a lot. So um, I awake in this dream and I immediately know that there is something wrong. I feel like I'm being followed and I'm being pursued by something that fills me with just this great fear. Um, I'm in an unfamiliar place that I've never seen before with towering terraced houses that line empty streets that are just there is no life there whatsoever. There's just no people, no animals, no birds, nothing. Um, each of the houses are carbon copies of each other, so they're exactly the same. And I and I say like terrace houses, but I kind of mean like um, like old brownstones, like in New York. That's the that's what they look like in my mind's eye. Um, they extend off to infinity, and as I look both ways down the empty street. This is when um, this fear takes hold um, and I know that I shouldn't be out in the open because if I stay there, I'm not going to survive. So I start making my way down the street, all the while searching for this thing that's trying to get me, where it's hiding. Um, So I then come to a crossroads and the clone terrace houses sprawl in either directions from east to west, but they seem to grow upwards, stretching to the sky. And as I look up, I can only see like a strip of blue light. So it's almost like I'm stuck in this labyrinth. Um, The buildings are just getting bigger and bigger and bigger around me. They're more like walls than they are like um, houses. Um, So I spend the next few moments following the blue light and my eyes are wincing at the difference in color and it feels, um, it just sprawls on indefinitely. So I turn around another corner and I finally see something different. So some of the terrace houses have shops and storefronts in in front of them with people mingling outside. But what is strange is that every single person I see has their back turned to me and I can't see their face. So I immediately feel the need that I have to warn these people as to what's coming, because if it's coming for me, it's going to come for them too. So as I move to speak to the nearest person, they always turn away from me, hiding their faces and shielding themselves with their arms. Um, I try to turn them back to me and shout for them to listen that they're in danger, but they just shrug it off and move away until they're out of reach. Uh, This goes on for some time, but I know I should leave them and just forget these people but um, because they don't want my help. So I make one last ditch attempt to speak to a man who's sat on his own um, outside what is like a coffee shop and as I turn to face him I am just filled with this shock because he's got no face so no face at all no eyes no nose no mouth it's just like this skin covered oval face um but I can still kind of feel him looking at me if that makes sense yeah so I panic um knowing that it was like this was all a trap Um, set by the thing that's trying to catch me so then I bolt hurtle down the streets and then I'm turning left right left right trying to zigzag through the endless uh, gigantic terraces and I run until my lungs scream for air and until my legs ache and then I stop double over and then I throw up Um, as I catch my breath Hmm. I then get the overwhelming sense that I am being watched and I slowly walk to one of the doors of the houses but it's locked I try one after the other, but none of them open. Um, I don't knock on the doors for any for some reason, and I mm. that was something when I was like reflecting on the nightmare. I was like, why did I just like yeah. ring a doorbell or knock on a door? But all I do is try mm-hmm. and open them, and then if they don't open, I go. So then I turn one final corner, and I see the thing that's been hunting me. So 
it's really difficult I find then I find this bit the hardest bit to describe this figure so it's kind of like this blue anthropomorphic figure that stands crouched so it doesn't stand it is crouched at the end of the road so I want to say that it's kind of like it's I don't think it's a frog but it looks like a huge frog in the sense <laughs> a of huge blue frog well it doesn't have like the neck and like the head of it like it's a human it's almost like one do you see what I yeah. mean like its arms so it's which kind of reminds neck. me of spirit yeah. kind of like spirited away and no face yes yeah, absolutely yeah. absolutely like no face yeah that's the perfect perfect example um so he only is... like blue tv static Yes, yeah, because he's completely, or he, it, is completely translucent, but these sort of electric turquoise and azure streaks of blue pulse around its form um, that give it the appearance that it's almost sort of jittering, statically moving all the time, even when it's stood still. Um, it's got no facial features, so unlike no face, it doesn't have any sort of mask um, that you could focus on. But as I turn mm-hmm. into the corner... It senses that I'm there, raises its head um, as if taking a good look. It stalks forward towards me, and then as and I can even like hear the ground beneath it crackle and crunch because like it's so heavy and like powerful. Um, so then I run away, and it falls. It follows after me. So this part of the dream is probably the strangest because my mind remembers it as if. I have the ability to see 360 degrees so I can mm-hmm. see running ahead but I can also see the creature coming up You're behind like an me. Owl. Yeah, I'm like an owl. <laughs> yes. Um so my only thought is to just get away from this creature, run away, um try and lose it, regroup, get to a door that will open. Um but I can see that it's getting closer and closer towards me as I keep running. Um, it sort of lopes on all fours, almost like a cat sort of like, or a dog gate that it sort of just runs oh, that's not good. forward. So it's not um, on two legs at this point, yeah. which is horrible. Um, it's, <clears throat> its head moves from side to side as if seeing my movement. So even though it doesn't have any eyes, it can see where I'm going. Um, and I get more and more panicked as it's getting closer and closer. Um, and I know deep inside that if it touches me that I will um, die, that it's the end. So I just yeah. keep trying to move faster and faster and faster, but I'm Yikes. getting slower and slower and slower. And so then the 360 degree vision stops as the creature smashes into me. Um, and that's when I wake up, Ooh. or at least I think I wake up because this happened, this next bit happened on one specific occasion. Um, and Sophie will will know about this. We um, so we'll share that with you in a, in, a, mm. in a bit, Charlie. So the next part, I'm not sure if it's an extension of the dream or something else entirely. But I wake up and there is there was not is was a person or entity creature stood over me in my bed. Um, I'm not paralysed. I don't have sleep paralysis. I can move my hands, arms, and legs. But I find myself sort of staring at this thing for a really long time as if my brain's trying to catch up with what I'm actually seeing. Like, why is this thing stood over me? Uh, The figure's completely black, uh, can't make out any facial features again, but it's angular in its appearance. So it's almost like got really jagged edges. So its torso kind Mm -hmm. of looks like a triangle, if you will. And then its legs are like trapezoid. It's almost sort of like a really bad first ever 3d computer model <laughs> sort of thing um but it's i want to say like in smash bros when you fight those like polygon guys yes yes in the n64 one yes absolutely like <laughs> that um so it's got its hand outstretched above my head i can feel that it's like uh, not a positive energy or entity or force um, so I immediately sh- like shot up dead r- upright in bed, told it to go away um, and then switched on my bedside lamp straight away and was alone. So maybe that's when I woke up, but yeah. I kind of don't think that was when I, I think that last part of it really happened. I love that you told it to go away. I did. <laughs> I was just like properly, I can remember properly shouted out. I was like, and it must have been about three or four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So I probably woke up some of my roommates, but I was right. just like... Yeah. 
go away. <laughs> <laughs> it's like proper in a very British way as well. It's yeah. like, <laughs> please be gone. Um, so it's very interesting that you have you uh, you had a shadow person like encounter mm-hmm. because I find it shadow people are very interesting. I I mean you could argue that it was anything really I, I mean it's just a projection of your own mind but um it's what i find interesting about shadow people is that even if somebody has never heard anything about shadow people or if has has no connection with the supernatural or just lives a super vanilla life mm. um they still have a chance of seeing a shadow person so it's almost like it's in everybody to create this yeah you know like it's like you could have three people that don't know each other or know anything about it and they could all potentially have a dream about a shadow person yeah so basically um it's just interesting to see that people can have this connection without even knowing it so to give you some context on that last part of what happened so Sophie and I, at different times yeah. in our life, lived in the same basement apartment of a Georgian house in Cheltenham, which is a town in the county of which we live in. Yeah. And both of us, whilst we were there, experienced strange things, yeah, shall we say? Like, yeah, weird stuff going on. Yeah, so the taps used to turn themselves mm. on, the doorbell would ring on its own, yeah. you would hear whispers... You would see things pass through, like um, walk past doorways, yeah, like, and just underneath the doors, and yeah, you'd see like shadows. Very there. interesting. Yeah. yeah, and so that was that was when I, that was the house that I was in when I had the dream with that ending so, on it. Did you guys live in this same place at the same time, or in no. separate parts of your lives? And did you know each other? So we knew each other yeah. then. Um, you lived there okay. first, yeah. I lived there second, but we lived in the same room. Mm. So I, when you moved out, I took your yeah. room in the flat. And then just before that dream where the figure happened at the end, I had come home from a trip. And can you remember this? So yeah. in our apartments, we had locks on our doors. So no, the only person that could get into oh, our yeah, actual rooms yes. were remember. us, like yeah. if we had the mm-hmm. key and our landlord so when I came home my light fitting in my room had been completely dismantled and laid out um on the bed um in pristine fashion oh my god um and so I immediately went to my housemates and said you know have you been in my room like have you done this and they were like no no one's been like what the fuck (laughs) It, it was it was the most bizarre thing I've ever experienced because yeah. it was like the light had completely shorn off. And there was no explosion. The bulb was still intact. The bulb still worked, but they'd taken out every single piece it's of the so fitting. That's so weird. That is so weird. So That's so I weird. Rang up the landlord and was like, have, "Bob, have you been in my house? Yeah. Have you been in my room?" And he was like, "No, absolutely not." not. And I was like, "Well, you need to come over because you need to see what's happened." He's like, <laughs> "Maybe." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was like, "Well." <laughs> through your drawers. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, it was absolutely. Bizarre. I'll never tell. <laughs> so bizarre. And not long after that, that I mean, I've had that nightmare multiple times, but only the once did that figure show yeah. up afterwards. And that was in wow. that apartment. That definitely adds a lot more to the analysis. Yeah. Because. Okay, so like I'll I'll start I'll go through your analysis, and okay. because that that's really crazy to know because that could change how this is if you want to get it to it on like a supernatural level which <laughs> let's be honest let's get into it yes yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> so at the beginning you were in this carbon copy suburb you essentially were walking through these streets yeah and you mentioned that it was like a labyrinth yes so being uh, that's common in dreams is being in an, a maze or a labyrinth of some kind and being in a maze can symbolize uh, change and in the journey of your self-discovery. So you're, it's almost like you're going through this maze and you're essentially trying to like find yourself mm-hmm. through this maze. There's this book, I don't remember, it's this like Greek mythology book where this guy goes into this maze in this labyrinth and he finds monsters within it. 
and he fights them. And a lot that's a lot like dreaming because you find monsters within yourself that you have to confront. Yeah. So that's where we're going into with the pursuer. So in your waking life, you may be running away from issues that you'd rather not confront. Mm-hmm. And it's oftentimes you should try to identify your pursuer. Like, I mean, in this case, it's a monster. So you obviously don't recognize who it is. But in a lot of cases, it's somebody that you know in your waking life. Yeah. So let's say I'm running away from somebody I work with. Yeah. That could mean that I am having problems with that person at work. And my brain is telling me, you should do something about this because it's causing you stress. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of these dream dictionaries I have, most of them, because I just, all of this text is from dream dictionaries and a little bit from my own personal research, but a lot of them tell you to actually confront the nightmare, like confront the monster in your dream Mm. and actually sit down with it and have a dialogue. Oh my God. (laughs) I'd love that. But I'm like, a, a I'm like, of me sat don't do that. Big monster. Like, come on, dude. Let's, let's have a Let's, let's talk, about, talk this. about it. Why do you keep changing? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> fucking right. No way. <laughs> so in this case, um, the monster is abstract yeah. in that it's a faceless person or faceless people. Mm-hmm. So this pursuer could be a direct manifestation of your fear anxiety or even regret so like this the pursuer may represent a part of yourself in an abstract manifestation created by your own subconscious it can manifest into like fear anxiety and regret but also um even love can appear in a threatening form so it could be like literal feelings manifesting into a monster by your subconscious yeah wow wow I know. We're getting deep here. I know. I feel like I just yeah. So I, that's why I, like go that's why I wanted to give that own in a room. Yeah, like, that's why I wanted to give that precursor. <laughs> Gosh, that's really interesting. So basically, Simon. it doesn't have to be a real thing that's chasing you. It can just be an idea yeah. that's chasing you. Mm. I do want to say though that going through a maze in a dream can be very good. It just means that you're going through changes in your life and the challenges of the labyrinth psychologically can be bettering yourself and make you a stronger person when you come out of the maze yes yeah now there's the part with the people avoiding you this could mean that you feel in your waking life that you aren't being heard or you feel like you might be uh, being ignored i don't know if that's true at all but that's just what it could mean based on the text yeah um it could also mean that you're having a hard time relating to others this could be related to the faceless person uh, yeah. that like not being able to tell yeah I feel like I feel that with Sophie all the time <laughs> <laughs> um, and then running from the monster again is kind of running from parts of yourself that you have yet to acknowledge but um, what you told me about the, your apartment yeah makes it very interesting if you want to get spooky with it is that this entity of the apartment could actually be infiltrating your dreams mm. and i kind of feel like yeah it it was because we it, I, I think because there was oh in total there was six of us no seven of us that lived there yeah. no six of us six. at one point or another that we when we all knew each other and all of us experienced something yeah it wasn't a case of like one of us going oh did you see that the taps had been turned on or did you see that person just walk past the door or did you hear someone just whispering we all experienced things and some of us experienced things at the same time so we definitely felt like something was there and it wasn't always Mm -hmm. a nice presence i don't think do you did you do you think no i don't think it was nice no so this is why I disagree with when the books are like, sit down with your monster and have a dialogue. Because I'm like, no. this could be an entity in yes. the waking life, yeah. like you just, essentially infecting your mind. You just wake up and politely tell them to get, get out. out. <laughs> Go away. Go away. Well, it's funny. It's I've had very similar experiences in my life, but all of them have been sleep paralysis related. Yeah. where I wake up and there's a thing in my room and it's walking toward me and it's very scary. Oh my gosh. But Ooh. 
what is very interesting is that I've woken up many times where I kind of wake up and I'm not in sleep paralysis, just like you were. And mm-hmm. I just see a dark shadow standing in my room and I just go, no, not tonight. And just yeah. roll over and <laughs> yeah. you're yeah. not taking forget it. about yeah. it. I have not got time for you this evening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I mean... too tired. Um, the, the last point that I want to bring on your nightmare is um, this is just a fun nightmare kind of like fact uh-huh. where um, we left your facts. nightmares are kind of. Yeah. So your nightmares are kind of um, simulations brought on by your subconscious that kind of ready you for threats in your waking life. So the best example that I can give of this is if you have a dream that you are uh, intruder is breaking into your house and in the dream you do something to get away. If you're an intruder actually comes into your apartment or your house in your waking life, mm-hmm. your body is kind of already ready of dealing with that situation because you've already done it in mm-hmm. simulation. I love that. I love that too. That gives me like the Matrix feels yeah. of where they're just uploading yeah. Kung Fu into their brains. Yeah, deal with stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's actually a really good way of putting it too. Yeah. And But I think that if you're in some sort of suburb labyrinth being chased by No Face or Slender Man, <laughs> then you're kind of in the shit anyways. Yeah. I mean, yes. Wish me luck, folks. Wish me luck. Good Do luck. Not sit down with that one. <laughs> yeah, don't sit down with them. Just try and wake up. Yeah. <laughs> Tell it to go away. Tell it to go away. <laughs> that was awesome, just not Charlie. today. Sorry, I'm busy. Yeah, not today. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and uh, the other thing is too. I, I just quickly. Um, it is cool that the similarities to Slender Man. Um, because mm. he is kind of a mind infection, um, like a, a new age cryptid. And um, I always find it yeah. very interesting because he does like infiltrate people's dreams. That's how he like does it. So if you believe in all that stuff, but I know that you guys I, might. I, yeah. yeah, I yeah. find Slenderman really interesting because he's like such a new... Well, I don't he, really know much about that he's at like all. The, I would argue that he's the first sort of 21st century cryptid sort of paranormal entity i agree with that came from he, he came from creepypasta so the stories uh, that's a website yeah um and people were writing stories about him and it sort of just became it sort of became this urban legend urban legend grew into this life of itself and then people were actually saying that they were seeing him oh, and god like if you Google Slenderman, there's loads of doctored photos no, with him in, which are really I'm interesting. Not that. But then even the worst, I think the worst part of it was there were two young girls that then mm-hmm. kid- in the states in the states that kidnapped another girl no. and tried to kill her, I think, and said that in the name of Slenderman. In the ma- yeah, no. in the name of Slenderman. Yeah. Oh my God. I know. What's even creepier about that is, um, uh, what's most interesting about that is when when you have a cryptid that is essentially the whole part about it is that it infects your mind like the story of slender man mm-hmm. and then it kind of you kind of spread that to other people and then you have two people in real life that kill in the name of slender man then yeah. what makes it not real yeah it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy yeah. isn't it it's like it was that was always going to happen it's Ooh. just bizarre no right <laughs> it's a no from south creepy 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 yeah okay sophie let's hear your deepest darkest nightmares (laughs) so um so mine's it's only short but i have had it several times so like dave um i have had it on numerous occasions actually um and it always begins on a street Um, And I'm usually with a group of people, uh, sometimes friends and family that I know, and other times with complete strangers. Um, And we are starting to walk towards an event, like something that's going on. So we're either going to my parents' house or or we're going shopping or we're going to the cinema. Something's happening that we are walking in a particular direction. Sometimes we're in a town or city that I know or a village that I know um, and other times 
we're in completely unknown territory. So I've been abroad. I've been to loads of places with this dream. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, it, it's unlike Dave, it is, um, the streets are not all the same. Like there's different types of houses. And, and like I said, I mean, sometimes I'm, I'm pretty sure that I've been like running down streets in Egypt at some point. But I think that's probably to do with the podcast and like researching. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so the houses on either side. Uh, so during as as I'm walking along, there are houses on either side, um, and they start bearing down on me. So it feels like they're getting closer to me, um, and I always look right. around at the houses on the street. Um, and when I look up, so I've looked, I'm looking at the street, you know, thinking, why is this, why are they getting closer to me? Why are they feeling like, you know, something's going wrong here? And then when I look up, I'm completely on my own. So all of the people that I was with, they've gone. Um, and that's when I start to feel really frightened um, and like a dread feeling in the pit of my stomach. And I start mm. to run in no particular direction um along the street never in the road because i'm safety conscious <laughs> it's always always on the pavement <laughs> it's always on the pavement um that's good even in your dreams <laughs> follow the rules dreams, i'm thinking about road safety <laughs> green cross code <laughs> yeah the green cross code <laughs> that's incredible um, in the in the beginning um i can run really fast um but as time progresses and as I get more and more frightened um my legs start to get slower and like I feel like I'm moving slowly like running through treacle or syrup or something like that um and I'm finding it more and more difficult to to run quickly but this the scenes around me they are still moving as if I'm running really fast if that makes any sense at all um and mm -hmm. all the time that that is happening, the fear and the panic of something bad is going to happen becomes more and more overwhelming. Um, and the, the thing that always happens at the end of the dream is that I end up coming out of the street onto a beach or the coast. So it's not, it, it's always by water, always by the sea. Um, yeah, and I just end up by the sea and then wake up every time yeah that's it very interesting a bit weird i do have a question about the sea yes what state is it in is it turbulent is it calm can you remember um i can't really remember can't remember or is it just like normal ocean waves i think it's just normal ocean i don't think it's ever like turbulent i think mm -hmm. it's just calm why are you pissing yourself at me, Dave? I just like that we're calling it normal ocean. Normal ocean. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like when when an ocean just is an ocean, yes. you know, when it's Bog just kind of like, all right. Ocean. Yeah. We need to suggest that to the shipping forecast. <laughs> and today's shipping forecast, we have normal ocean. We have, uh, yep, your bog standard ocean today. <laughs> I think everybody would know what that means. I think, yeah, yeah. I think normal ocean is like, yeah, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I totally understood what you meant by it as well. I was like, yeah, maybe it was normal age. <laughs> Excellent. So what I love about your nightmare is yeah. the similarities to Dave's. I know. Isn't that weird? Because we didn't talk about it at no. all, did we? What we were going to do. Nope. Yeah. It's really, I know. I really figured strange. you hadn't. But it's very cool that you guys have so many similarities in your dreams with the streets and the houses mm. and there's something interesting to be said here because I would say, I don't know how close you guys, I assume you guys are close, but <laughs> if, <laughs> there, there's a theory that when you have a dream, you are actually just kind of jumping to another reality or like another time sort of oh, thing. I love that. Um, or there's so many different ones, but like one of them is that you're on a dreamscape and this could be you guys actually sharing the same dreamscape. No. Really? Because they're trying to find each other. Yeah, maybe and we're trying to run kind of, each other. 
Right. And in and because you guys are so close, you guys might be like connected in some way, like someone like like my I would be connected with someone in my family or to my wife or mm. something like that. Um but it's interesting that you guys kind of seem to be dreaming the same way. Yeah. Mm. Which I just I thought I got I kind of got giddy after I read both the stories. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, I felt like stringing the yarn all together and cutting yeah. newspaper articles out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why is this happening? We need a six-part documentary. And what's even more interesting is that whole thing about being in the apartment at the same time just amplifies that in terms yeah. of like you guys being connected in some way. Yeah. I mean, we've been friends but for I assume a really, that really long time. Yeah. So we've been friends for Yeah. About 18 years now. Yeah, 18 or 19 years. Wow, 18 or 19 years. years. So we've known each other for the majority of our our lives. lives. So, yeah, we're very close. Very interesting. We're besties. Yes. So to break down your nightmare, um, being with your family and friends, this is, I love this one. This is so interesting. When people are with you, like your friends and your family, it shows that you have, like, you deeply care for these people in some way. Um, but each person in the group reflects a part of yourself. Mm. So what's even more interesting, alternatively, it can also show parts of those people that you wish you adopted into your own personality. Okay. Oh, wow. So it's kind of like, uh, for example, if I have a dream about like my brother, he might be doing things in the dream that I wish I did in like I had in my life or something like that yeah that's awesome um so same as the maze or the suburb that you were that david was in in his dream yeah um the negative uh the negative of like the negativity of you being like stressed or like being pursued by something except this one it wasn't a monster it was more like more nebulous than that it was more of like like just hardcore feelings it could mean like being this goes for david's dream as well it could be that you need to break out of this neighborhood kind of like the suburb or it all everything kind of looks the same and you need to like break the mold of your everyday life and then the fact that the the fact that the walls are getting closer kind of or the houses are getting closer and narrow could mean that the that is stressing you down like it's kind of like baggage and you need to break out of that so that's could mean what that means Oh, that um, really this yeah. is the part that uh, yeah so th- this next part um, is really cool so when you're running and you're running slow but yeah. you're also running fast like it's hard to run but you're still going fast yeah this is super common in dreams where yeah. you're unable to run or like when you were running in this dream if you can remember did it feel like you were super low to the ground yeah well I think just normal, really. Oh, normal, normal okay. That's just I, that was just like for my own like. So basically, it could mean that you lack self-esteem and confidence when you're. It's hard to run, okay. like it's hard to move forward. Okay. Um, but it could mean that your ambitions are harder than you thought. But as long as you're moving forward, it's positive. Ah, good, good. so it's like if it's as long as you're moving forwards rather than backwards or stopped it means that you're progressing in your waking life yeah good what i find what i find interesting is that in dreams it's so hard to do really mundane things like running or Mm. like dialing a phone um or things like that i find that i can never do those things in a dream yeah like the day-to-day life normal life (laughs) it's like tasks doing like really mundane tasks is so hard to do in a dream because everything is because you're using your you're using your subconscious in a dream rather than your conscious and your subconscious is just wacky yeah yeah i I find like if i'm dreaming and i and i go to do some sort of mundane task the dream almost sort of skips and then i go to the like the next next part of the dream where i'm doing something else oh yeah so it's it's almost like yeah it's like my brain's going nope we haven't got ta- we haven't yeah. got time to do that now yeah let's go fly or yeah. walk on water I don't yeah. know so the next part is the beach this part is pretty interesting so looking out into a beach could mean that you are looking into the own unknown of your own life right. so the beach you stand on is the calm state that you're currently in so 
it's grounded you know what you're doing it's like the normal but as you look out onto the sea it's like so unknown and vast that it's kind of like you looking ahead in your own life yeah it could mean that and then this is why i asked what the state of the water was in because if it's like super turbulent Mm -hmm. then you're like stressed about the future but if it's calm then you're like "Eh, whatever let's just go for a dip i'm okay with that (laughs) (laughs) the next is the reoccurring dreams Mm -hmm. so you said that you had this you keep having these reoccurring this reoccurring dream so reoccurring dreams usually indicate there's something in your waking life that you haven't yet acknowledged and you need to face okay to and then once you do you kind of will move past this dream. Mm. Well, I've been having it for a long time, so, so I don't know what I need to face. <laughs> yeah, I have reoccurring dreams too, and I'm always like, what the hell, I don't get it. <laughs> so yeah, that's basically this analysis of your dreams, but what I can't get over is the similarities between you two. It's very cool. Yeah, yeah we were shocked by that. It's ourselves. really strange, isn't it? Mm-hmm. We don't really need, we didn't talk, I've never shared that dream no. with you, and you've never shared that dream with no. me. Only, it's only the bit around the the figure that the I flat, told you yeah, about in the flat before. Yeah, we've spoken about that before. So it's just really bizarre. Yeah. Maybe we're just meeting up in our dream. You this? <laughs> I hope we are. I like, <laughs> Wouldn't I that like be to, fun? I like to think we are. <laughs> we're dream buddies. Yeah, we're dream You're buddies. You're like at a bar and, and you buddies. see each, yeah. you see each other across the room and you point and you point at yourself, point at you and you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're here too. Can you, can you remember that um, cartoon? That where they the kids were friends and then they would go home and they'd go to bed and they would all wake up in the same dream. What was that called? Oh, vaguely, yeah. Like and even they had like a dog and they used to go on like dream adventures. Dream adventures. Oh my gosh, I can't That's remember what, what it was we're called. Doing. We're going on dream adventures. <laughs> yes. With monsters. Yeah. I wish I could go on dream adventures. <laughs> <laughs> it would be so fun. It would be very interesting. I've had one case where a friend of mine was dreaming that he got his car stolen and then i had a dream that he wanted to drive my car and we had it in the same night oh that's weird wow that's the closest i've ever come to that so i've had a couple of premonition dreams before where things have happened in the dream and then they've happened in real life to people that are close to me Mm. so one time my 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 mum's very close friend um she, she was seeing somebody and i had a dream that they had broken up because he had been a bit naughty shall we say mm. and then the next day she'd she rang my mum uh, because i was quite young at this point i was probably about 16 17 um i told my mum in the morning what had happened like what i dreamt about and yeah. then um my mum's friend had rang her told her about it and then she came home she came round the house that evening um, and I opened the door and she she just walked in and went, you're a witch. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And, and then the second time I dreamt that my uncle was going to have another um, child. And then within two days, they announced that they were pregnant. Oh. Yeah. Maybe you're, um, you're an oracle. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> That would be phenomenal. <laughs> you are a modern day oracle, yes. Dave. <laughs> Get me to Delphi right now. Yes. Get me some robes. Yeah. Get me a toga. <laughs> Another, yeah. Oh my God. Um, I've never really had a premonition dream. I dream very avidly, obviously. That's what my whole podcast yes. is about. But yeah. um, the way that if you, if anybody out there wants to actively like, I don't know, dream more good. um it would be you all you need to do is write your dreams down as soon as you wake up and it's super hard and mostly illegible because you're like half dead and you're trying to write in a book yeah yeah but what it does is it makes your brain recognize when a dream is happening and then you end up dreaming more So your dreams become more intense. And then when they become more intense, you can actually start to learn to control them. And then you can start lucid dreaming. So can you lucid dream? No, I've tried for years. What is lucid Um, dreaming? Lucid dreaming is being able to control your dreams. So like if I want it, once I'm dreaming, I can do whatever I want and go wherever I want. And there's this really great book that where a guy 
talks about the different stages of reality he goes through through his different lucid dreaming can't remember what the book's called though and he basically like finds like like hell essentially oh my gosh but every single time i try and lucid dream there are things you can do in your dreams to lucid dream so like if i'm standing in a dream and i'm like i think i can lucid dream what you do is you look at your shoes and you look up and then you look at your shoes again and if your shoes are different then you can go ah i am dreaming now i'm going to control it oh so you kind of have to like check another one is looking at the time and then looking away and looking back at the time and if it's super drastic then like it's different but every single time i try and lucid dream i wake up with sleep paralysis no way oh, why i'm very susceptible to sleep paralysis and anytime i try and lucid dream it triggers it and it's terrifying yeah, yeah i mean that's horrible i can't even imagine what that is that it's like mm. it must just be so I mean, I know what it's like waking up in the middle of the night and feeling like there's just something there, yeah. like a presence, and you're like, oh my gosh. And, you know, we said earlier where you're like, I'm too tired for this, I need to turn yeah. over and go to sleep. But to to wake up and be completely paralysed and then potentially still have that feeling of something also mm. being there with you, oh my gosh. Well, the, uh, the I've had I I talked about this in my episode that I did with the Screen Kings guys. Great podcast. Yeah. Shout out. Those guys are great. Um, but they I talked about this my experiences with sleep paralysis in that episode, um, where I've had four occasions where I've woken up in a hypnagogic sleep paralysis state, which it, which means that my nightmare is projecting in my room while I'm paralyzed. Ooh. No. <laughs> so it's basically um w- i'll give one example is i woke up and i was frozen in my bed and in my mind i'm screaming to my wife who's laying next to me mm-hmm. but i can't so i'm just essentially there like crunching my teeth together like trying to scream and in my doorway of my room there's like a nine foot tall man like <gasps> so tall that he's like crouched under the ceiling of my room and then he just swiftly walked across the room toward me, and I was just frozen. Oh, no. my gosh. That's giving me goose pimples. Yeah. <laughs> that is horrific. That is so... Oh. That is... So, yeah, him. I stopped God, trying to control my dreams eye. because <laughs> that kept happening. I had one experience where I woke up and I was speaking um, a, a different language. Wow. But it was like an unknown illegible illegible it was almost like gobbledygook so i was again i was younger <laughs> mm-hmm. i was much younger i was living at home and i had a saturday job and my mum would come into my room because i was a teenager so I didn't like getting up mm. and was just tap telling me to get up and go to work and i and apparently i and i was i woke up and i was saying to her it's fine in my head I, and i this is what i heard was it's it's fine i'm getting up I'll, yeah. I'll go and get ready in a minute but to my mum, it was just this really weird sort of click and garbled Ooh. sort of like alien language oh my god and she was mm. getting really angry I, that's common me. too and she was like what are you saying what and like getting really angry and in my head i'm going why is she getting angry with me i'm telling her that i'm getting up in a minute what is happening and you're like dolphin clicking yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm speaking in dolphin <laughs> <laughs> just like just get up <laughs> yeah. so funny. damn teenagers <laughs> yeah. yeah so that w- that's basically why I don't try and lucid dream anymore because I yeah. kept having experiences like that oh yeah no no Is, thank you do you li- like I'm just going to pose a question do you think that there's something stopping you as in not as in something as in anything but like an entity stopping you from lucid dreaming and that's why when you try and do it you always wake up with sleep paralysis i it feels like it because there was one time in particular where i was looking through the key like the peephole of my door and i could see slender man or a monster like him at the end of the hallway and i looked down and looked back up because i was like i'm gonna try and confront him and I looked through the hole and just froze and woke up and froze. And I was oh just stuck. That was the last time I tried. But um, 
it feels like when I want to, I have to sleep on my back to lucid dream. Yeah. I don't know why. It's just that's just the way it is. But it feels like when I start getting into that state, it does feel like something is like it's there's like a barrier that I got to like get through to do it. Mm-hmm. It almost feels like that where it's like I have to like do this kind of like leap of faith thing. And it's like every sensor in my body is like, don't. Yeah. Ooh. That's so weird. Yeah, that is weird. I'm, I am severely so, creeped out. <laughs> yeah, I'm me. I'm going to be thinking there's a slender man in the back of my car on the way home. <laughs> well, I think that this is a good time to say goodbye. It was really fun talking to you guys. Yeah, and I really enjoyed reading your, I really enjoyed reading your nightmares. And uh, I'm glad that you guys allowed me to get a little personal with what they could mean. Yeah. yeah. It was absolutely awesome. We've it got was. A, we're going to go away and reflect now, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, we are. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. But no, thank you so much, Charlie. That was absolutely, absolutely awesome. We yeah. really enjoyed ourselves. It was great. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. And uh, I it was really awesome getting to know you guys a lot more. And yeah. I really enjoy listening to your podcast. And I think everybody should listen to your podcast. Oh, oh, thank, thank you. you. And likewise, yeah, we, we love, love, love knowing my nightmares. It's great. Yeah. And if you ever need any English voice actors, <laughs> We're you, back. you know where to call. <laughs> I might actually take you up on that. <laughs> okay, well, uh, thanks, guys. Uh, okay. And uh, see you later. Yep. Thank you see very you soon. much. Take care. Bye. The Dinner Table is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or follow Britpod Scene on Twitter to find out more. Oh.